This week on Dynasty Domain, we are going to project the AFC for fantasy football production in this upcoming, very soon, NFL season. It's going to be fun. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with my co-host, Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. Yes, we are one member shorter than we were last week because old Simon went to college and he's just really busy right now. So I, I, I hate to say it, but he'll be back next week. And well, I don't hate to say that. I hate to say that he's gone this week, but we're <laughs> glad he'll be back next week because it's really weird not having him here. But good luck to Simon at Purdue. Uh, Nathan and I are going to hold down the fort and we hope you don't get annoyed with either of our voices too much by the time we're done with this because I definitely wouldn't blame you if you did. Yeah. Yeah, oh gosh, I think I'm going to get annoyed. All right, um, let's get into trade scenario of the week. So this is an interesting one. I made a trade similar to this today, um, so I think it's worth talking about. We switched out one of the players here, but um, I valued similarly about the same concept. So uh, this trade is going to be Team A getting Aaron Rodgers and a 2023 second. Team B is going to get Nick Chubb and Kadarius Toney. So, um, you know, me having made this trade... I have thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. So, Nathan, give us your breakdown on this trade and how you're kind of thinking through this one. Yeah, so um, it's pretty clear, clear cut the uh, the splits here. Um, we're, we're talking pretty much the high end running back one, or, or sorry, low end running back one in terms of dynasty value. That's Nick Chubb, and then we've got our in terms of dynasty value low end quarterback one, which is Aaron Rodgers. I and without a question, taking the Rodgers side there. Um, the the big deciding factor really for me in this trade is going to be the Kadarius Tony versus the second round pick in 2023. Altogether, this is an incredibly fair trade. Absolutely. In my yeah. opinion. I actually, I wonder if as excited as people are or can be about Kadarius Tony and, and him being a cool young new guy and then Nick Chubb, who's coming off a injury pl- plague previous season and is really going to be a focal point of this season's offense with the potential absence of Deshaun Watson. Um, I think that I would actually anticipate the dynasty community actually thinking the Chubb and Kadaria side is winning. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and I, I'm not going to throw a lot of shade on that side though. I would, no. I would say be careful to say that that side is winning or, or is like by far and away the, the side to take because Rodgers as a QB is going to last three to four more years. Yeah, we would hope. Yeah. Chubb, Dalvin, Eckler, you you know, those kinds of guys in that tier, they're all going to last no more than two to three years. I'd say Eckler will be the one that lasts the longest of those three. And I'm higher on him than the other two. Dalvin's not lasting any more than two years. This may be his last year of relevancy and Chubb's getting there as well. So, um, Really, in terms of their fantasy production over the next three to four years, Rodgers is going to win that out. He just is. You're missing out on a starting potential running back one for the next couple of years, but if you're needing a second quarterback option in a super flex league, I think that's the price you need to be paying to get Rodgers, and I think it's quite a fair one. Yeah, and so I think... I think the main disconnect here between like how we're going to value this and how the dynasty community is going to value this is the is the valuation of Aaron Rodgers. 
because I think we've made it very clear in our CRBST, buy sell episodes, our quarterback rankings, etc., that we think Aaron Rodgers is severely underrated in Dynasty right now. And I think the main reason that people are shorting his value or valuing him less than maybe we are is because of the fact that there is a lot of uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers and how long he's going to keep playing. Which I understand that. I, I get that, you know, you know, as a person, he gives off some weird vibes in terms of like, yeah, he doesn't really seem like he, you know, he's a football junkie. He needs football. He can he definitely seems like he has a life outside of football. So what's to say he just sticks he just, you know, leaves after a few years, which which makes perfect sense. Uh I would say I had very similar concerns um just earlier this offseason. I think I think the fact that he was able to reach an agreement to um to stay in Green Bay, is it four years? Is that the is that the term of the contract? Is it th- um, is it three or four? I forget if they reworked the contract to make it just three years. It this may this is his final year on his deal, and then I think the three okay, years so, comes so it, into play yeah, after that. Yeah, that makes unless more sense. it was reworked. And obviously, um, I'll have to pull that up. And obviously, that doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers isn't retiring in the next three years. But but here's here's how I'm thinking about this. Um, I do think Aaron Rodgers loves football. I do think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks ever to play football. Uh, he's just absolutely incredible and, and one of my personal favorites. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers, I see a guy that probably does stick around playing NFL football for at least three or four more years, bare minimum, for this reason. I mean, he's, what, 37 years old at this point, right? He's 37. Correct. I mean, have you seen any signs of the man slowing down? No. None. I mean, obviously, he's literally just won two straight MVPs, and actually, he technically is under contract through twenty twenty six. Yeah. So, so, for, so like five said, years. Yeah. So, and and so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, obviously, if his heart's not in it, we have some concern. But and you think him signing a long term extension with the same organization that he was feuding with not too much uh, before that. I think that says enough for me to be comfortable with his value for the next at least three years. And obviously, there are a lot of people that will go and claim that, okay, Dynasty is played in three-year windows. If that's the case, honestly, in a three-year window, if you're talking Nick Chubb or Aaron Rodgers, it's not close at all. I mean, it's not even it's not even ballpark close. It's gonna, you're going to take the quarterback. But, right. you know, I, I think the Kadarius Tony in a second. You know, Kadarius Tony's obviously got a ton of upside. Um, I think... I think he's a hot commodity for a good reason. I think he's got some promise in Dable's offense. I think that with Daniel Jones there, honestly, I do think his ceiling is capped. And I also think he has to stay healthy in order for his potential to ever play out. And that's seems to have been a lot to ask him. He's not he's been a little bit banged up already this year, too. So uh, in those 2023 20, seconds aren't getting any less valuable in the next few months. Right. And just to give you an idea of how the dynasty community may be um valuing this trade is they actually have the Chubb Tony side winning by um quite a bit actually equivalent to the the gap being equivalent to a guy like Dawson Knox, Rashad White, a mid 22 second um even more valuable than another quarterback in Daniel Jones say. Yeah. Which if you're adding any of those guys onto the Rodgers late second side, I'm smashing. Sure, yeah. That offer. Yeah. Big I, time. So absolutely. um really Really, I'm fine with either side of this trade. I'm obviously, ta- I'm just taking the quarterback. I am. I'm taking the four-time MVP and back-to-back MVP champ who has so much left in the tank. He's I hate, only gotten better. And I hate to do this too, but like I do think it's a, obviously I took the Rodgers side, but that was because I got through a super flex draft and had an amazing team, but uh, made a trade, got a 23 first, I think in the ninth round of the startup for straight up for a pick. And so I kind of just let the second QB position go because all the value of other positions were falling to me. 
Uh, and then after the draft, I went quarterback hunting. So obviously in that situation, I took the quarterback, but this is going to be one where if it's in a vacuum, I'm not going to be able to pick a side here. I think it's very, yeah. very fair. Yeah. And especially Rogers is a guy where if, if you went quarterback heavy in the draft, he could be that third QB that you draft in a startup. Like you could get two high end quarterbacks in the first couple rounds and snag them in the fourth or fifth. And you could have plenty of room to spare in that quarterback room and give him up for you'd be looking for this price. The Chubb, Tony, absolutely. I personally would add maybe just a little bit more. That's essentially but what this, I mean, this guy did. Yeah. yeah and, and if, if you're a team like Avery, that just is not hurting for running back at all. Like that's a price you're willing to pay for Rogers to get that second quarterback in your super flex position. It's, it's, it's a good one. So yeah, for both. And, um, Shout out to Troubadour, who's uh, in our DD14 league. I think I've got the username right, but um, that was who was on the other side of that trade. And so, yeah, that like, was really, yeah, that was a good move for you, my I, man. I think it was too. So, nice job on that. All right. Well, one more thing we'll do. Um, I just, I don't understand why they don't fix. I'm not going to rant for long, but the sleeper notifications are just out of control. So, um, the stupid sleeper alert of the week, something we started doing because you get the stupidest sleeper alerts on your phone. We get them too, unless you've you know, actually gotten smart and turned the notifications off. But at least now we have this game that makes it kind of worth it to read the sleeper notifications. So, all right, what'd you pick this week? Well, we've, uh, we're going to touch on our, our guy, Damian Pierce here, who is the MVP of the, uh, week one preseason averaging 9.8 yards per carry roughly uh this is from sleeper their stupid sleeper alert of the week says if rookie running back damian pierce isn't starting the first game against the colts the texans aren't putting their best lineup on the field um so um the texans best lineup let let me just say for for one the, the texans suck (laughs) <laughs> the Texans best lineup is buns. Absolutely. If they don't start him against the Colts, why do we care if they aren't putting up, putting their best lineup on the field? And who is to say that because Damian Pierce averaged 9.8 yards, yards per carry in a freaking preseason game <laughs> that he is now some major asset to own in the dynasty community. I'm selling the heck out of Damian Pierce right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. This this is the preseason hype we've been talking about, guys. Let's touch on a couple things here. Just while we can, just because we could have done a whole episode about this, but nobody wants... Yeah. But I honestly like, couldn't even bring myself to talk about the preseason in a whole episode because it's so meaningless. I've got I've got to give Simon a shout out here because... I And I hope, I hope you end up listening to this, Simon, but... And he's not here to defend himself, so I won't kill him. But Simon, you know, if you saw our YouTube short last week on uh, Rashad Bateman versus Traylon Burks... Simon was extremely happy he was taking the, the Bateman side of that argument after the preseason game where Burks had no catches. Dude, it was the first preseason game. I mean, it is essentially as meaningless as any NFL competition is ever going to be. Yeah, and also this is Dynasty. Correct. If, if Burks, I, I would personally say Burks has a fine chance at maybe outproducing Bateman this year. If maybe. Bateman outproduces Burks, that does not mean that Bateman is the, yes. more valuable yes. than Burks. Like th- this, this is dynasty for a reason in fantasy football. And, and sure. There are two sides to that debate, which we covered in the video, but the fact that the, the fact that anybody is saying that anything in any of these games, whether it be Romeo dubs, whether it be Damian Pierce, whether it be Kellen Mond, if anybody is changing their values because of these preseason preseason NFL comp contest. You are off your rocker. 
I mean, it's just, I think it's to the point now where we are so football hungry. We're so eager to get that NFL football taste that anytime we see anything football related, it's just working its way into our rankings and our opinions. And I'm like, can we just stop? I mean, Kellen Mond is playing against the third or fourth string defense here. Okay. Romeo now has value. Yeah. Romeo dubs. Same thing. Romeo dubs is is a huge sell in, in dynasty right now. Why, why in the heck? Why in the heck is he not like people? It was like you know he's absolutely he's absolutely he's a hold. He is such a hold. I I know there are a lot of people now that are taking any taking George Pickens over most twenty three firsts. That is insane. Why? Because he caught a touchdown in a preseason game. Because he had a couple highlight training camp. You guys, I am. <laughs> I should pull up Rager's preseason stats. Do as it. a as a rookie. <laughs> I am pleading with all of you who are listening to the show. If you are making any assumptions about any player's talent level, any player's value in Dynasty because of a preseason game, you have to stop. You have to stop. I mean, do you notice that none of the actual uh, reputable Dynasty content creators, not including ourselves because we're total idiots, but do you notice that any that none of them are coming out with any videos based on preseason value spikes or falls? Do you know why? It's because no one cares and because it does not matter at all. I, I, I just, I don't understand at all. It's, it's one of the crazier things I've, I've seen in Dynasty. I, I get that we're excited for football, but just give it like one more month and we can start making observations. But even then, a player's value, a player's proven production is going to come over time. That's not going to come when, you know, it's not going to come after two or three weeks of the season. So, right. You know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but yeah. And I mean, just sleeper, what are we going to do with this? The Texans aren't putting their best lineup on the field. If Damian Pierce isn't starting the first game against the Colts, I I crickets, crickets. I don't, I just, what do I, what do we do with this? When this pops up onto our uh, our notifications, like, does this mean Damian Pierce stock up? Does this mean the Texans are, tanking and trying to get a first round like like a it first doesn't overall mean draft anything. pick. It's a, it's a preseason game. Guys, <laughs> stop. We're just excited. I'm glad we're We excited. are all very excited, yes. I'm pumped. Yeah. I've been watching the games. Yep. But I've not been adjusting my rankings live during the games. Yeah, and also we, <laughs> Avery and Simon and I will text each other back and forth during these games being like, yo, the only reason we're watching these games is, is because we need some sort of football fix, but Oh my gosh! There's, it does not suck, fill man. the void. <laughs> it's and, painful. And it's Simon so is, bad. Simon's probably the most excited out of the three of us because he is so. I mean, he is so eager for yeah. for things to happen and like to just get in and and really break everything down. And I'm like, dude, yep. y- you won't care in a month when things matter. You won't. It's gonna be great. These people will vanish. <laughs> a- 80, 85, at at least eighty five percent of them will will vanish from your from your thoughts during the regular season in terms of relevancy. They just won't. There, there's a reason these guys like uh, Philip Lindsay and James Robinson and Marquez Calloway are, are names that we know a couple years down the road is because they were the only ones in their season preseason that actually showed some promise and then delivered on that right yeah. out of the tens and tens, dozens and dozens of players that do that every single year. 
Yeah. Jordan Wilkins outproduced Jonathan Taylor in preseason last year. You mean Jordan Wilkins uh, is not even with the Colts anymore? <laughs> Jordan Wilkins isn't anywhere. He's he's with the Titans. He played <laughs> he played the other night. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 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 No, it's just and and I literally heard things like people people saying, you know, I think Jordan Wilkins might be a little bit better than Jonathan Taylor this Come year. Come on. <laughs> it's it's insanity like that. Don't yeah, what we're saying is don't make any assumptions based on these preseason games. All right, yep. uh, let's get into the topic today. So we're going to go through with the AFC and all the AFC teams, and we're going to do our projections for this season. Um, now, we're not, we obviously don't have the time to spend a whole uh, 10, 15 minutes on every single team. We have like... As much you, as we'd love when to. When you break it down, it's like three minutes per team, and honestly, we went a little bit long there, so it's a little bit less. So we're going to uh, just walk through. These are not... We haven't super talked about this in detail together yet, so we're going to kind of just talk through how we expect these players to finish on these teams, uh, give you the ranges we expect them to finish in points-wise, um, the team situation and how we expect the team to perform, uh, things like that. So we'll go through and we'll do this for each team. You'll kind of get a feel for it. Uh, this is just what we think. It's definitely not guaranteed to happen. Again, we are stupid. We are guessing. We will be wrong. Probably 60% of this is going to be wrong. But this is just what we think. And this is after a whole offseason of, of studying, after a whole offseason of gathering statistics and, and things like that. And so I think we have a pretty good idea of the landscape right now. And so we're going to use that and give it our best shot. So let's start with the best. The AFC South is first. Obviously, not the, not the division. The, the, not the best division. Uh, <laughs> Far from it. But the best team. Let's start with the Colts. So... Um, Let's start. Let's let's just start at quarterback. I think with Matt Ryan, you know, I would expect him to be anywhere from a high end quarterback two to a low end quarterback. Two. I think he's going to be a quarterback two. I mean, I but I think he, I think his ceiling though is up there to be top fifteen. You know, in that fifteen, fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I have well. a really hard time seeing him crack the top twelve, but. You know, anything can happen. We'll see. But uh, I'm I'm with you there. Probably his ceiling is going to be top 15. Yeah. And and that's maybe pushing it. And obviously that's that is 100 percent in a super flex league. You're 100 percent drooling over totally buying right into now. that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, at the running back position, they have some dude named Jonathan Taylor. Um, Who's that? Yeah, exactly. I think for Taylor this year, I don't expect him. I don't think it's a guarantee that he repeats as the as the RB one this year. Um, obviously guys that threaten that are like Christian McCaffrey, uh, guys like, I don't know who else could get up there this year. Eckler could Eckler could get up there. Yeah. I, I don't really see Najee doing it or Swift doing it this year, but they could eventually with that being said, I think, I think Jonathan Taylor is pretty much a lock to be one of the top three running backs. If he stays top healthy. three, yeah. and the Colts are yep. going to use him just as much. Yep. Uh, and Hines also, it's just real quick. I think Hines is one of the most flexible, uh, running backs of that caliber at his price point. And he's dirt cheap right now. Go get Naheem Hines, and and you can flex him on your team. No joke. Yeah, yeah. So in 2021, Naheem Hines was uh, he he took a big drop off in terms of production on a PPR basis. He was running back 49, couldn't really start him very much, and kind of a letdown in terms of what he did compared to 2020. But you also got to look at team situation, guys. Carson Wentz just wouldn't give up on plays to his own expense and to the expense of the team, and he would not make not check downs. Down I mean, we, we saw it when we were re rewatching games and watching film. It was like, oh my gosh, he just threw a pick to intending to throw the ball to Michael Pittman, who is in triple coverage. And he missed a wide open Jonathan Taylor who would have had a touchdown. Like he would yeah. have run 50 yards for a touchdown. Um, Philip Rivers in 2020 supported Naheem Hines, who was running back 15 on the season in PPR leagues in PPR leagues. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor that season was running back four in PPR. Jeez, man. They are 
Naheem and JT are more than capable of being running back two and one respectively Yeah, uh, at their position this year with Matt Ryan, who's a better quarterback, a better physical state than Matt Ryan was, or than Phillip Rivers was in 2020. And he, they can do a lot. Naheem, Naheem has a good ceiling. Here. And we've seen him at training camp too, just tearing it up. And even in the preseason, yeah. they use him a lot. So yep. uh, in terms of the receivers, I think the only two that are going to be really fantasy relevant, because I'm not going to count Paris Campbell here. I'm going to assume he's going to get injured this year. Even if he doesn't, I see him being a wide receiver three at the absolute best may uh, probably a wide receiver four most likely yep but with uh michael Pittman, you know we had this conversation earlier obviously his ceiling is a wide receiver one i do not think he's a lock to be a wide receiver one this year no however there's a lot of other receivers in the league that also are not locks Correct. to be wide receiver ones who are going into new team situations we're talking about tyree kill Devonte adams who we'll touch on later um, and guys who have injury histories like Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson's playing with two new quarterbacks, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Um, there's Three. a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot two. of question marks, yeah. um, really a lot of places in the AFC and, um, players that were unquestioned wide receiver ones last season that very well could not be. And Pittman could slide into there. And but, then, and then what, what do I expect from Alec Pierce's rookie year? Probably wide receiver, um, anywhere from wide receiver, 26 to 38 probably i mean i really do see him falling into that uh wide receiver three range this year i mean what is his ceiling probably a low end wide receiver and i think a low end wide receiver two would be really tough for him but super but i see but i see him being at least somewhat flexible at times this year uh and that's essentially for the tight ends on the yeah. colts i wouldn't be no, starting any no, of those irrelevant this year so we, we spent a little bit too much time there we got to speed it up a little bit so uh with the titans you know obviously quarterback tanny is going to be flexible i expect him to be a qb2 to qb3 this year probably probably more in the uh lower mid lower qb2 don't you think yeah yeah he he has a decent value this year as well though in startups yes. I'd, I'd go get him because you can get him gosh outside of the top i think i think sometimes. i think derrick henry's a guy i forgot to mention uh could could be in the conversation to be a run be the running back one this year still i think this is probably his last year he can do it but if, yep. if he were ever going to be able to do it again it would be right now so if you know and with them not having a super dynamic passing game if derrick henry gets the volume and he is looking good and can stay healthy uh, he's absolutely in the conversation to be up there. He was going to be, I mean, he was going to be close to running back one last year. So, I mean, I, I'd look for Derrick Henry. I mean, he's a pretty elite piece, but he's just aging really quickly. So be cautious with him. Uh, in terms of receivers, man, for immediate impact, Robert Woods is always a good value in fantasy, and especially in, in, in redraft leagues, but also in dynasty. At this point, he still is a good value. Where yeah, he, he and Henry both have really, really good values, like you said. However, I would still be cautious with their age. There is a tendency, guys, when they get to those ages in football in general, when there's an injury that occurs that's as significant as both of theirs were last season, this is when you start seeing a significant decline post-injury. Case in point, the, the, the first two guys that come off my mind as a running back, Todd Gurley. Sure. Injury, he was never, ever the same, and, and the Rams were very quick to get rid of him very soon. Um, and then Julio Jones, who people may think Julio Jones is going to be relevant and awesome this year. No, I don't think we'll get so. to that next week. No, don't don't fall for don't it. Don't fall for it. Um, so yeah, you know, N Westbrook Akeen. Well, yeah, and then I think the biggest name out of there from a dynasty standpoint is obviously Traylon Burks. I think yeah, I think Traylon Burks has a gr has a great chance to put up 10, 11 points per game this year. Finishes a wide low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Um, maybe higher. I mean, can you imagine what his value will do if he finishes as a high end to, to mid wide receiver or yeah, wide receiver two? 
he will be a wide receiver one in dynasty if he does that. Yes. So in in, in terms of rankings and things, and obviously yeah. the target share is there. It's just more of a matter of how raw is he and how quickly can he develop his game to fit the NFL style of play. Uh, he's like I said, the opportunity's there, so it'll be interesting to see. But I love I love his value right now in dynasty. Getting him in the fifth, sixth round of startups easily a guy who could be going in the late second, third round of startups next year. Yeah, and tight ends, uh, nothing really much to say there no, other than, you know, I, I think Chigo Conquo is worth a swing. I think Kriegs would be mad if we didn't say Austin Hooper because, honestly, Austin Hooper is a decent value yeah. for, for a contending team because he did well when he wasn't with Baker, and uh, and they don't have a whole lot of target competition there. So True. he's somebody that could pick up the slack and then when Woods and when Burks are not getting targets there. So outside of that, like, I'm not buying in on Kyle Phillips being productive this year. Um, I, I just not seen it with any of the other Titans receivers, um, but some solid fantasy assets for sure there with the Jags. I expect Trevor Lawrence to take a, uh, a big step up this year, and I'm going to put him in the high, uh, let's say high QB two range. What are you thinking on that? I think that's in the range of possibilities. I think he, he's one of those guys that can't get any worse than he was last year in terms of fantasy production. So he was, I think he was, a, I think he was, uh, a low QB2 last year in terms of production? No, I think he was like in the... I think he was outside of the top 24. Seriously? I think he was like 26 or something like that. I thought he was like 23. Um, I'll, I'll fact, my, fact check myself on that. But yeah, no, he he will definitely do better than that this season. PPR leagues, he was 23. So 20, a low okay. end wide okay. receiver two. And Barely. Whew. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, expect him, I expect him... I think his ceiling though this year, his weapons are decent. If ETN can stay healthy, I think he could be a, a top... 12 getting in that 12 11 10 range but i expect him to jump make a good jump and get into the high level you know quarterback too uh with etn oh this one's hard to gauge i i just i see a lot of possibilities with etn here yep could he sneak into that late rb1 spot like i mean and push out some of the old guys you don't think so i don't see it so where do you see him falling rb2 for sure probably, yeah probably. i i see him putting up some pretty impressive essentially rookie year numbers since he's basically going into this year as a I'd, rookie. I think I'd peg him soundly at 12 to 18 in terms of where he's Yeah, I think that's a pretty modest um, conservative place to put him in terms of production. I think it's wise as well because okay. a lot of people are valuing him very highly, most even in the top 12 now um, in, in dynasty rankings. Be cautious there. Sure. I, I wouldn't be going out I will and buy an I will say his his ceiling, though, for, in terms of ceiling, he does have a really high ceiling. Like, he could be an RB1. I mean, he could just. He could be. He's got the target share. He's got the talent. And that's why he's being valued. Right. He's like a round one Eckler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So so he's he's got low-end running back one potential, and that's why people value him so much. So uh, as far as receivers, I love Christian Kirk's value. He's going to be the wide receiver one there in, in Jacksonville. Um, as far as where he finishes... Probably wide receiver, low end wide receiver two, yeah, high end wide receiver three, yeah. Be cautious with those uh, receivers as well in Jacksonville. Remember, we we just kind of talked about this in stacks and stuff. It, it's great to look into the wide receiver ones that are undervalued, but a lot of often the wide receiver ones that are undervalued in the NFL and in dynasty are the ones that are on the worst teams and the worst offenses. And while Lawrence will make a jump in production this season, most likely he's not going to be able to support some juggernaut receiver assets no, this season, even no. though Kirk's getting paid a butt ton of Who money. Who are the other? Zay Jones is there, right? Chenault. Chenault. I think between those guys and Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold, I think they, and then obviously, you know, James Robinson, if he plays, I think those four or five guys are going to spread out the remaining targets behind Kirk and ETN yeah. and make none of them really 
very flexible at Though all. Though, in my opinion, they're all last resort flex options. Yeah, absolute last resort. Yep. So um, not a ton. And tight end-wise, like I said, Dan Arnold, Evan Ingram, I don't, I'm not looking to start either of those. Maybe there's, Evan Ingram is maybe a sound backup. Dan Arnold's maybe a waiver wire if you need it. Throw him in once a week for when your tight end's on a bye. Yeah. Like, yeah. And with the Texans, not a ton of fantasy-relevant guys here. Brandon Cooks, I expect to be a wide receiver two this year probably still. Yep, and I mean he's especially just, with Mechie being out for the season. Mechie, with Mechie's out uh, with Davis Mills, low end wide quarterback two, high end quarterback. Three. I I don't I don't expect Davis Mills to be anything spectacular this year. So uh, do with that what you will. He's not going very early in startup drafts, anyways. Uh, Damian Pierce, Marlon Mack, not guys I'm looking to to flex or start in my in my leagues. Yeah, though though take this take this as you will, and and uh, with a grain of salt. But you know if they don't have Damian Pierce <laughs> out up. there I in, knew in week coming. one. The Texans aren't putting out their best lineup, so I'd be concerned. I'm not. I, it's hard to. It's hard to. I hate you, by the way. <laughs> it, it's hard to even say where they're. I mean, because who knows who's going to start when? I, I would guarantee. I would. I think it's safe to say none of them are going to. Neither of them will be RB twos this year. They're going to be RB three no, or no. lower. Damian Pierce will absolutely snag that starting job at some point. He's not, probably he's, even this year, but on a team like Houston, that means nothing to me. Yeah, uh, and Brevin Jordan is still there. Great value. It will be interesting to see where he finishes this year. He could yeah, easily I'm be. I'm curious. About he could him. be a top twenty-four tight end in production this year. So let, let, let's. That's not too tough. No, I think to I do. I think let's say he's going to be in the top twenty-two, probably anywhere from sixteen to twenty-two is where I see him finishing this year. So unless he takes a big step up, so let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to the AFC North. So let's talk about the Steelers. This is always an interesting fantasy team to project because it's just always a crapshoot talking about receivers. Uh, I expect George Pickens to be the wide receiver one overall this year in Dynasty. I mean, pretty easily at this point. Oh, that's that's such a great pre- prediction. That's not even bold. That's just fact. I mean, he, you should be giving up based a on his first, first for him, <laughs> based on his first preseason game. Um, in reality, uh, quarterbacks. I bet they'll switch from Trubisky to Pickett halfway through. Mason Rudolph won't see the field. Trubisky will be a low end quarterback too when he's there. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Probably the same. I mean, you're looking at when yep. these rookie quarterbacks come in their first year uh, on a points per game basis. He's he's probably looking at the low end of quarterback two range. So yeah, uh, maybe and, it, I hope he does well though. Yeah, and hey, I, I wouldn't even be too concerned about the uh, quarterback player, the quarterback concerns in Pittsburgh in terms of the wide receiver production there because no. they've shown just in terms of their play calling and, and their results and how many points they score on a week to week basis. They don't need high end fantasy football production to produce a wide receiver one and so in Deontay Johnson even though they could take a step down in production this year which is totally possible which I wouldn't be freaking out which I think we would say that Deontay Johnson probably is a very high end wide receiver two for this year yes probably falling out of that wide receiver one uh, category although we do love his value we love his contract probably going to take a step down. I would imagine Chase Claypool takes a little bit of a step up and he jumps up into the high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two range this year. Yeah, uh, I don't expect Pickens to crack the wide receiver two Pickens, threshold this year. Yeah, Pickens will be producing like 95% of all other rookie wide, rookie receivers, wide receivers do in the NFL. Absolutely. And that is... Which we forget every year. Somehow. Every year because I think... Because and yet the, we fade one of the best ones in Devontae Smith. I know. Ironic. I know. Very ironic. He's the one that actually does produce, but outside of Jamar Chase. It's just everything is just so skewed with rookie wide receivers this year because of Jamar Chase. Yeah. Because people are. And Justin Jefferson the year before. Yeah. So we're not getting either of those this year out of any rookies, including George Pickens. Um, (laughs) Tight end wise, not really a fantasy relevant 
I oh I oh Pat Fryermuth. I completely Oof. completely wow wow Ooh, man and that, Ian that Book a, plays for Purdue and Derrick Henry has two to three for times some reason there. I guess I was thinking that Eric Ebron was there I don't know why I forgot about Fryermuth. Where does Fryermuth finish this year? Probably a high end tight end. Team. He'll he'll be a tight end one, which isn't saying much in the bear tight end landscape. Is you, he going to be do, a top five tight end? No. You do think he'll be top twelve in production? Yeah. Where did he finish at last year production wise? Will you check? Uh, he was like just outside the top 12, like 13, 14. Um, I'll, I'll get it here. Keep talking. But uh, yeah, if that's the case, then I would say he probably does jump into the the low end um, tight end one discussion here. Yeah, he's. Yeah, you're really, right. Really 13 love, in yeah, PPR yeah, I really love the promise of him. Um, he's he's a good he was a great value when you got him in rookie drafts in 2021. He was one of the prospects that I was really excited about because everyone was just drooling over Kyle Pitts. Mostly rightfully so, um, but Fryermuth was kind of that guy that everyone just forgot about. And if he was in any other tight end class, he would have been, people would have been raving about this man. Um, I would be, again, we've talked about this before, look out for his concussion history. Uh, he had a couple last season. He had a history of them, I believe, in Penn State. And that's really concerning for a tight end, especially with all of the things we've seen with players retiring early, having CTE with a concussion history in the NFL. It's just, uh, we, we want to see that rate go down. Yeah. Um, and then I think we, Oh, and then running backs. Um, I expect Najee Harris to be a running back one this year. Um, fairly soundly. He was last year. I, I do think they're going to be a little bit more cautious with his workload this year, but I, I think he's going to get every important carry in the red zone, every important target in the red zone, which is going to lead to similar production. Um, I like Najee Harris as a running back one, almost pretty much a lock this year. I mean, I think he's, I think he's soundly in the top. Yeah. 12. He's, he's one of the probably six locks. Yeah. Um, so the Ravens, uh, I think Lamar, if he stays healthy, he's obviously quarterback one. Um, not the quarterback one overall, I would say, but, but I mean, if he's healthy, like, man, he's easily a top eight QB, I think. Yep. Uh, with the rushing upside as much as he runs, it will be interesting to see how they manage that after his injury. Um, and you know, just trying to keep him healthy long term. but if he's, you know, the Lamar we know and love, then he's going to be a top eight fantasy quarterback this year. for sure. Yeah. And don't be concerned if his rushing upside has decreased a little bit in um, comparison to the last few years, because he did put on, he did put on actually a significant number of pounds, not seven pounds, like Ramondre Stevenson losing seven pounds, but right. he put on 25 and he's, he's increased his build. He, he's a big body now. Where's and <laughs> he like he, that, that to me is pretty telling that they're going to want him to stay in the pocket more to have the offensive line protect him more where he's not jeopardizing his career and his health every single week. Um, just to run the ball. He's more than a competent passer. I would go as far as saying he's on the verge of being an elite passer if he takes that next step this year. And he'll be able to maybe not put up 30 points per game like he did his MVP season in, in fantasy, but he can do 25-plus. He's he's Lamar Jackson, and he still will have a rushing upside. Absolutely. He still will. Yeah, I I'm, I think he's I, he's just Lamar Jackson. Uh, uh, where does Dobby finish? You think? I mean, I think his I think his ceiling is probably a low end RB one, with as much as they run the ball, with as much opportunities. As much there. as they run the ball, his ceiling is higher than a low RB one. Is it realistic? Probably not. Probably not. And, and essentially, his I think I think second I think he's year, gonna be top but, fifteen running back for sure, though. Yeah, with some yeah. pretty good upside. His, yeah, and he's one of our favorite values yes. in dynasty right now. You can get him. Heck, you can get him sixth, seventh round. I, I know, and he, sometimes he slips, and it's 
Yeah, y'all remember man. how good of a prospect he was, right? I mean, yeah. He was the- yeah, another one of those guys that was actually he he tore it up his rookie season for for a team that was favoring Gus Edwards and really running a committee backfield. And my gosh, he was a beast. He was insane. Yeah, he was. Uh, wide receiver wise, I think Bateman is the only one that I see actually, um, actually being like, because I mean, with their other wide receivers like Duvernay and. Tylon Wallace, like I don't see them really being flexible. Nope. So I think I think obviously you have Mark Andrews, who is a lock to be a top five tight end this year as long as he's healthy. I don't I don't care about his splits with with Lamar Jackson. I think he's a top five tight end. I, I just do. I think he will be. Um, I think he commands my very large majority of the run heavy offensive targets there. Um, and then with Bateman, I think probably wider he'll be a mid to low end wide receiver two this year. That's yeah. I don't think he That's flashes fine. more than that. I don't think he flashes up into the uh, up into the twelve to fifteen range. I think his ceiling could be a high end wide receiver too. Yeah, I think that's his. That's probably his ceiling. Highest I just, I just ceiling. I would say it's not likely. Yeah, but yeah, probably. I think. Probably right. I think in the red zone, Dobbins and Andrews especially are going to take away a lot of those opportunities to get that extra touchdown boost. Like I, I just. Yeah, I think that could be a big hit to his ability to have as high of a ceiling as people are thinking he can right now. So, yeah, I think, and I think Baltimore is a good enough team and they're one of those teams where if you're getting one of those higher fantasy assets in Lamar or Dobbins or Mark Andrews, that, that, that offensive share, that offensive production is so concentrated there that you're really almost guaranteed to get good production out of one, all out of all three of those guys for sure. So uh, that's a nice situation there with the Ravens with the Bengals. Oh gosh. Dare we say anything bad about the precious Bengals who made a glorious Super Bowl run and now everybody wants to pick them to win the Super Bowl and and T Higgins is the wide receiver one overall and Jamar Chase is also the wide receiver one overall they tied at the most record I mean it's just uh, but you know with Burrow I expect Burrow to be a low end quarterback one this year I do not expect him to be a high end quarterback one this year that's just me what do you think I think he can be a I think he can be a top eight quarterback this year I, I yeah he absolutely can be cracking the top five pushing I, it I, I don't see it pushing it I don't see it I mean you're you're talking he's gonna have to he's gonna have to outproduce Herbert Allen Mahomes and Kyler and Lamar who have that rushing upside not to That's, mention guys like Stafford who could jump in Stafford Rogers Dak Dak it, it's just it's just crowded and I think Joe Very Burrow crowded. you know he kind of had an explosive end of last year and I've said this you know time and time again this offseason but I just I don't know if he jumps out there and, and just but he could ever oh he's, he's got a better offensive line they've got the best weapons in the league I see it I get the argument I'm saying he's a quarterback one I'm not convinced he's going to be top five lock yeah and ask yourself if that's sustainable I mean especially for the production of a guy like Jamar Chase a lot of these plays were like freak things where he's just chucking the ball to get rid of it yeah. to an open Jamar Chase who comes down with it and then he runs like 50 yards after the catch if you're giving Burrow more time to dissect the defense this year with a better offensive line, I'd actually look for T. Higgins to put up a little more production and for them to maybe even eat up a little more time on the clock to be more systematic with how they're running their offense and even running the ball more. Like like Mixon taking a step up here. Is is Mixon a, an RB1 lock this year? In my eyes, yes. I think he is too. I bet I think he's... Not top five lock. I think he's 12 to five lock. I mean, that's yep. just what I'm thinking. Um, what about Jamar Chase? Is Jamar Chase a lock to be a wide receiver one this year? 
I think it's hard to come up with a case for him to not be outside of the top 12. He is not a lock to be a top four wide receiver. I don't think he's at a, all. I don't think he's a lot to be top six. So he was what five in PPR leagues last year. I, think, I mean, people are realistically yeah. seeing the possibility of T Higgins taking a step up and Jamar Chase taking a step back. I, I honestly think it's possible. I think that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm almost rage. Get, after, your, get after, your pitchforks. Yeah. And after looking into the guys, after looking into the statistics of T Higgins, how, how many touchdowns he missed out on because of like the amount of times he was tackled inside the five yard line. Um, the amount of touchdowns that Jamar chase put up at the end of the season that were just freak, like so crazy after the catch things. And uh, after looking into all of that and looking into the step up that T Higgins made from year one to year two, my goodness, I'm I'm almost to the point where I'm predicting that T. Higgins is going to surpass Jamar Chase in production this year. So I would say I would say this is see if you agree with this. I think a safe range to project them in. I think both of them will be between wide receivers seven and sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I, that's just where I see it falling. Uh, and if you have an issue with what we're saying about the Bengals, don't tell me about it. This is the one thing I don't really want to talk about because we talked about them a ton this season. They're really hard to predict. We're spitballing. I don't really care where either of them finish. I don't have anything against either of them, but yeah, people get so worked up like with Jamar and T. I'm like, we guys just just let it play out. Just let it breathe for a minute. I, I don't really want to argue. There's not a ton to argue about this because nobody knows how it's going to play out. Yeah, and sometimes the the best runs in the NFL that occur from, from teams that, that go far into the postseason are those that just have the element of surprise. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, people did not expect Jonathan Taylor to make that elite jump this past season. People did not expect the Bengals to make the playoffs and then go to the Super Bowl. Which they will this not past do again. season, which they're not going to make the Super Bowl this year. They have in, too in, many things. I mean, in my humble opinion, they're not, they're not going to. And the, no. the AFC is way, way, way too loaded. And there's too, so there's too many teams that have more weapons than they do. And there's too many teams that just are, are on the rise. And they're not only are they catching up, but they have caught up to the awareness that the Bengals can be a threat. And defensively, they're they're not going to let Jamar get those big plays. They're not going to let Burrow have the the little amount of time that he already had last season. Like they're gonna they're gonna pressure the heck out of him. They're sure. gonna they're gonna double Jamar. They're gonna have those two high safeties to you know like how that was a big oof for Tyreek this last year and really hit his production um, on a week to week basis in KC. So don't expect them to just easily be better and, and, and so much more elite than they were last year because they they went off at the end of the season they surprised the nfl they literally upset the chiefs in their own home in the afc championship game do you really think that's going to happen again who's gonna who's gonna guard stefan diggs eli apple i mean seriously yeah in, come, in come the on. postseason no come it's, on uh, no all right, yeah. Let's not spend too much time ranting. Well, again, I don't really want to hear about the Bengals anymore. I, I, they're they'll be fine. We like them. We like their players a lot elite, too. Elite fantasy assets, but who knows how they're going to finish this yep. year? Yeah, we'll see. Um, with the Browns, you know, obviously, Brissett is third QB in a superflex worthy. I mean, he could easily just be your backup in a superflex yep. if, if he starts this year. Deshaun Watson obviously is a top five QB if he plays. Yeah, and yeah, Br- Brissett, uh, he he put up as high as like. 20 to 25 points last season in Miami when he was starting in place of Tua. So 
and he's I, always great to start. And honestly, like you know, it, I don't think Deshaun plays this season, so I don't think it matters. I that's just I think that's where we're at. Yeah. So, um, as far as running back, I think Nick Chubb has an has an RB one season this year. Probably yep. lower, probably lower end, but I think he's I think he's close to a guarantee to get to have. I mean. I don't see Kareem Hunt, especially now. I, still, I do think Kareem Hunt is going to be there. He's going to be involved, and I think he's good value right now in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think both of them are good values. I still think Chubb is going to, I mean, especially with Brissett at quarterback, he's going to get all the important touches. Yep. Uh, it's going to lead to a lot of production. Uh, wide receiver-wise, Cooper, probably going to be a wide receiver two without without Deshaun there. Probably mid to low end wide receiver two, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, David Bell, maybe gets to a point this season where he's averaging 9 to 11 points a game and he can be flexed but that would be a that would be it's absolutely in the realm of possibilities it would be a an a little bit of an overachievement i i think he'll be flexible by next year or the year after but like this year um expect him to produce some but i, I think their chubb is going to get in and even cream hunt is going to get a lot cream hunt I, we didn't touch on him individually he's you know, I expect him to be where he normally is. But he normally, I mean, man, he's normally in that RB2 range safely. I mean, and higher. So I expect him to be there again. I, I don't see anything changing with that this year. Um, and then tight end-wise, Njoku, great value. I, d- I think he finishes as a top 16 tight end when Deshaun comes back. Without Deshaun, I don't know. He's been in the 20s before, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to check. I believe so. I can't remember, but I think he's, yeah, his highest finish. I mean, it's he, like fifteen. Man, he's been in the league a long time. Yeah, he's been in the league for like four years. Five now. Five. Whew. His highest finish. Yeah. He was a tight end one in two thousand eighteen. He was um, tight end nine. Oh, nice. nice. He was twenty three last year. I would like to say that he jumps up and is a top, even fourteen, thirteen tight end when Deshaun comes back, but. This year, probably top 18. I think he jumps up a little bit, and that's it. Agree? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yep. Let's move to the AFC East. So let's talk about the Jets. Woof. I mean, how close did they get to just totally losing out on their entire season with Zach Wilson? That was, I mean, that is just brutal. It was rough. I mean, I, I, when I saw that non-contact and he went down, I was like, ACL, ACL, ACL. I, this it's a miracle that it's funny it's ironic that we're calling this a miracle because he still is having meniscus surgery it's sure the yeah. Jets luck but man it could have been worse man it's about to crash and burn uh, just just like that and and I don't see that affecting you know you know with Zach Wilson if he plays if he's back for week one week two ish and he actually plays um well probably quarterback two still yeah at at best, at best. still. Gosh, He's I, not been, I he, loved Zach yeah. Wilson as a, as a prospect last year. His situation sucks. Really don't love the coaching staff that they've built around him. And he just hasn't seemed to show, and I'm not basing this off of preseason and training camp. Well, I'm basing some of it off of training camp reports, but he just hasn't seemed to, ha- hasn't shown that ability to make those second reads and to be creative with the ball in his hands outside of, the scripted play, you know, if that goes to pot, which is often in the NFL, what's he going to do? Well, he's probably going to run. And then what did that do that? That got him hurt in the preseason. Like if you, if you watch that play and what happened leading up to that, it was one look run. 
Yeah. Because he didn't know what to do after that. It's it's just concerning. Little things like that where it's like, mm, how is the development of Zach Wilson in New York really going? It, it doesn't look too hot. Yeah. No. And so, yeah, QB2 at best. And I think, you know, with Brees Hall, what is his ceiling? You know, honestly, if he gets all the important touches this year and he really is that workhorse back that people think he's going to be, maybe maybe his ceiling is a running back one this year. Maybe. I think he's more likely to be a running back two in his first year. That's yeah. that's just my two cents. Yep. Michael Carter, I think, is going to be... It just depends. If it's going to be committee, like he could be last resort flexible. I like his value in startups again. He, he's another guy who I, you know... If you want to take him, at, he's going outside the top 50. Well, or sorry, well outside of the top 150. That's like 12th, 13th round. Um, well outside of that. And and if you can get him as a guy who, you know, they could dump passes to a couple times a game and he can make something out of that, they can maybe use him to um, punch the ball in the red zone when everyone's focused on Brees Hall. Like, you never know what they can do with him. He, he was impressive last season. They're not just going to dump them if they can use them and extend the life of Brees Hall, who they spend a lot more draft capital on. Yeah. So. And, and I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be more committee than people think it will be, but, but we're going to, we're going to see, um, as far as their receivers go, uh, it's hard. This is hard. Elijah Moore. I see him finishing wide receiver two. Yep. Garrett Wilson, low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three in his first year. Corey Davis, wide receiver three, low end to wide receiver four, probably last resort flexible there yes fair enough it's hard it's just hard especially if yeah it's funny to say especially if zach wilson isn't playing because zach wilson didn't do jack squat last year but flacco will be fine i don't think they're gonna take a huge drop if flacco ends up starting this is the jets offense we're talking about we talked about them in our stacks episode stack short last week but don't don't expect elite production out of any of these guys outside of reese hall i think jeremy ruckert could be a tight end two for them this year I think he'd yeah, be, I think he'd for, be top 24. Yeah, sucky QBs that dump the yeah. ball to a tight end, sure. No problem and with Uzoma's that. And up there too, but honestly, I think Rucker, Rucker ends up taking that spot. Yeah, Uzoma's an elite blocker. Yes. So they'll they'll use him in the block game, or in the run game more than they will in the pass game. The block game. It's just a play where everybody the, the blocks. The block game. Um, and, and outside of that, I mean, you just never know with the Jets, so they're always yeah. just going to kind of suck. With the Pats, um, Quarterback wise, Mac. I mean, I expect him to be a high to mid quarterback two this year. I don't ever see Mac jumping into that quarterback one territory just because of how little he offers on the ground. Yeah, not in the near future. But I could, but you, I think you know, he was. I think he, he was around quarterback twenty last year. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I see him jumping up to quarterback 15, 13, something like that. If he has a really good season. Yeah. If Bill, if it's all that Bill says, I mean, Bill, if Bill says you're good, then you're probably pretty good, but. Um, running back wise, I mean, there's, I mean, there's nobody worth. Hey, Ramondre Stevenson, come on. Why are you fading this man? He lost seven pounds in the off season. He's playing a quote, James White role. A didn't quote, somebody according say, to sleeper. Didn't, come on. Didn't go. Would you say that he was going to be a top 12 Ramondre? I tend to <laughs> not pay attention to the sleeper <laughs> chat just for that reason. Um, I would say Ramondre is probably going to be anywhere from running back. He could be an RB two. 16 to 24. Yeah, he he could he could I think he'll be a running back too. Yeah. He could take Damian Harris's place. Yeah. Like from what he did last year, Damian Harris was an RB2. 
what what could potentially you know damage Ramondre is obviously Damon Harris being there and those two rookies. I'm telling you, those two rookies are going to get some run. The rookie running backs they got there. I can't remember their names at the moment because they're insignificant because they're New England running backs. No, Ramondre won't be a running back one this year. Maybe a running back two. That's probably more likely a low in running back two, mid running back two. So uh, sorry to hurt your feelings. I hope you're not that upset. With their receivers, you know, oh, I can't. I'm really excited to talk about this actually uh, because the receivers are mostly crapshoot. There's really not a guy you're going out and getting and you're putting in a. Oh, their receivers are so elite. I don't know what you're talking about. Is there a guy that we really are looking at flexing out of their receivers? <laughs> no. There's, there's literally not one, I don't think. Devontae Parker has the best. Devontae chance. Parker, that's, that is the one that maybe he might be a wide receiver three, maybe. Maybe. And I think he would be flexible in, in, yeah. in PBR leagues. I, as, um, IQ wise, as far ahead as Mac Jones is, I could see him really hitting it off with a veteran wide receiver like Devontae Parker. This is the Pats offense that we're talking about. They don't, Bill Belichick doesn't care about fantasy football. They're not going to try to, they're, they're going to, I can't believe he said that. Oh, I know. How like dare, we don't exist. How dare he? How yeah. dare he? I, he's supposed to care about fantasy football. That's his job. No, I personally think in terms of fantasy and, record and playoff appearance this year. I think the Pats take a step back in, in every single category, except for Mac Jones becoming a better quarterback IQ wise and decision wise. Yeah. But I mean, they don't have a freaking play caller right now uh, on the offensive side. Trust yeah. Belichick. He, he's been around the Which league for 50 I don't, years. That's not really a huge concern for me, but like, they just they're it's going just, through a lot of they're changes. They're never super fantasy relevant. So it's just they're just fantasy mediocrity in my opinion. Yep. And um but they're successful, so I gotta give yep. it to them. I hate them, but the Bills aren't fantasy mediocre at all. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me talk about the pads real quick. One oh, one. fine, fine. I love Taekwon Thornton. I've gotta say it. I I have like got a fantasy crush on Taekwon Thornton. It's kinda weird. Do you know where he was drafted? Do you remember? The second round. Like Yeah, he was like the fiftieth overall pick. I think because that wide receiver room is so open, I don't think he has a huge impact this year. But I mean, I think I think that he is easily capable of performing at a rate to where he opens some eyes this year in terms of his value. Because you can get him. I mean, you're getting him in like the 17th or past in startup drafts right now. That's like free. You're essentially getting him for free in a wide open wide receiver room. He's got plenty of talent. He's got good draft capital. Huh. He caught a touchdown in the preseason game, which honestly doesn't mean anything. But honestly, watching, I was kind of eager to watch him play. And he not that it means anything. He looked solid. But value-wise, I mean, if he's talking about, I mean, a guy that he has as much opportunity as anybody. If Mac is really going to take a step up, somebody's going to have to get those targets. What if Tyquan Thornton emerged as the primary target there in New England? I mean, there's really not one. Yeah. He could end up being a semi-fantasy-relevant player. Interesting. I was a bit taken off guard by that because all we usually do is make fun of the Patriots and Tyquan Thornton because that pick was very questionable when it, it was, happened. It, it was questionable. Um, but honestly, good for their team. He's talented. I think he's got it. I don't. It, here's the other thing. I, 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 yeah, I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. I hesitate to really criticize the Patriots front office because they have consistently won Super Bowls. So, Sadly, yes, yeah. uh, to our demise. Yeah. But Hunter Henry looked for him to be a tight end, low end tight end one again this yeah, year. Didn't talk about that. He's he's a great guy to start that you can get for pretty decent value later in start. I think I think his his he's got the kind of the Dawson Knox floor, which concerns me. There are some games where he's not going to catch any passes, and that's just kind of. And I think with yeah. Jonu Smith being there, they I think Jonu Smith will cancel Hunter Henry out more. I'm not so sure he's a tight end one. I'm going to say high end tight end two maybe. 
But I'll, I'll bet on tight end one again. We'll see. Yeah. I, was he a tight end one last year? Yeah. What? Where did he finish at? I want to know. Okay. Your phone's faster than mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to beat you too. I've been trying. Um, yeah, John Jonu to me is still irrelevant. I I don't I don't like him. I I think that most people don't. <laughs> Hunter Henry is, he was tight end ten last yeah. year. I don't know. I don't know with Hunter Henry. But yeah, he's startable. John, I mean, yeah, John who's not going to take away from Hunter Henry, in my opinion. No. Hunter Henry's always been the better tight end in terms of fantasy production. Yep. So um yeah, the Bills. Woo! Uh I would venture to say Josh Allen will not be the the number one quarterback in, in fantasy production this year. That the odds of repeating three times are fairly slim. The odds of repeating at all are slim. And he did that, and which was really impressive. But honestly, I think somebody's gonna sneak up there. <laughs> Justin Herbert, that might uh end up surpassing points wise. Um, Josh Allen this year. Obviously, you're going to bet on a veteran like Matt Stafford or something like that to jump up and and, and just kind of snag that crown out of nowhere. Yeah, hit him or Mahomes. But with that being said, Josh Allen, absolute lock to be a QB1. Abs- I mean, at this point, he's probably an absolute lock to be a top three QB. Yep. Um, Stephon Diggs, absolute lock to be a wide receiver one. No, There's no doubt about it in my mind. No doubt about it. Um, Gabe, Great value. With Gabe Davis, eh... Wide receiver two. That's pushing it for me. Yeah, but that's a ceiling. Yeah, I think he's more likely to fall in the wide receiver three range this year. High or, or low end wide receiver two is a, is a ceiling for me. Um, the Bills running backs. Oh, gosh. James Cook is, he has the ceiling of being a running back one, doesn't he? He's opened some eyes in training camp. I don't think, open ja- some I don't eyes. think James Cook is anywhere above a low end wide or running back three this year. Uh, honestly, even if he's going to get to that point some point in his career, like I think Zach Moss will get a little bit of run. I think Devin Singletary is still going to get plenty of run. I think Singletary is no higher than a high end wide receiver or running back three this year. Yeah, maybe a low end. I, I just yeah. I don't see it with any of those guys. That's not that's not really the place I'm looking for my running backs at all. If they can be effective in the run game with all of those guys combined, they have won the day because that that's the only reason they got James Cook to add that that second level of of running back production as a receiving back who who can be a bit of a threat in the pass game where you have to pull one of those defenders in in, in for those shallow routes to to keep him from from guarding the secondary and and then you open up the field for Gabe Davis, McKenzie, Stefan. Yeah. It's And as far as McKenzie great and, for their situation. And Jameson Crowder go. I mean, they could end up being flexible if they establish yeah. a concrete role with Buffalo. Yes, they can. Um Dawson in, Knox. In terms of Dawson Knox, you know, we've talked about him a lot, you know, I think him being the tight end 8 in PPR leagues last year. Uh with with his touchdown dependent as he was and having him on my roster and having as low of a floor as he does, I think he probably still squeezes into that tight end one. He's got, he's got pretty good short-term outlook. I think he probably squeezes in tight end 10, 11, 12, maybe, but I think, I think he'll sit finish soundly between tight ends 10 and 15. I don't think he gets as high as eight again. I don't think he's definitely not getting higher than my eyes. He, he, I mean, yeah, it's just touchdown dependency is not a very friendly stat for players like that. So I don't see him maintaining that. Um, and then the Dolphins. Um, you know, I, I think with the Dolphins, Tua is just going to be... He's got so much better weapons. That's the thing. But he, what was he in, in Dynasty last year? Do you Or in PPR leagues? Do you remember where he finished? Uh, not very high because he was injured for a lot of it. He was a low-end tight end... Or <laughs> low-end quarterback to... Sorry, 
Yeah. High on quarterback three, 26th. So, but, but he, he missed games. Yeah, yeah, he missed three games, four games, actually. If so. he's healthy, I think he's safely in the in the quarterback two range this year. I think his ceiling is mid to high quarterback two. I don't think he's probably a quarterback one this year. We'll have to see with Tua, though. I mean, the jury's kind of still out on him. Yeah, but again, I mean, when he was on the field last year, he was averaging 14.6 points per game, which is not very good, actually, but... You know, it's something, and it's that's something to build on when you have Tyreek in the room now. And with Tyreek speaking of, I, I do expect him to finish this low in wide receiver one this year. I still do. Yep. Um, I expect Jalen Waddle to be a high in wide receiver two this year. I do think they can do it. I do think Tua will do it. I expect Gasecki to take a step back and maybe be a high in tight end two. I think he finishes thirteen to fifteen, maybe. I just don't. I don't. I see Waddle and I see Hill getting the majority of those targets from Mike McDaniel. So, you know, and as far as the running backs, I do think Chase Edmonds. Really good value right now in Dynasty. I do think he's probably going to be a top 24 Dynasty running back this year, up in PPR leagues. Yeah, though overall, it will definitely look to be... Committee. A committee, for sure. I do think, I do think though, it's looking like Chase, Ed- Chase Edmonds is going to lead that. And, yep. and I think he could, he could be a low-end yeah. RB2 this year. Love me some Chase Edmonds. So I think he's flexible, for sure. Um, AFC West? Oh, this is We saved the best for last because they really are the most loaded division in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, a lock for QB1. Um, with the Chiefs, you know, and it's going to be like this every year he plays for a really, really long time, but he's a lock. He's probably a lock for top five. I mean, he just, he's just always going to be, I'm not worried about the weapons and we'll get to that, but uh, it's just a normal home season is what I would expect. Uh, Juju, wide receiver two, maybe. I mean, I think he legitimately could do that. Yep. CEH at running back. (sighs) Running back two range, probably. He's got the draft capital that they're they're gonna ride with him but for the last couple of years of thing. his of his rookie contract. But at least he's there for the next couple of years. And while he's there, he's fantasy relevant and you can flex him. And Ronald Jones is in Kansas City now, right? Yeah. So they've got Ronald Jones and Isaiah Pacheco, who was a of a, a training camp, darling, whatever. I, I think CH probably leads the the snap percentage for among running backs, probably finishes low, mid to low running back two this year. Uh, Sky Moore, I think he would be impressive if he were low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three this year. He will put up basic rookie wide receiver fantasy production, not which is a lot to, not a lot. MVS, uh, I think if he's a wide receiver three this year, I think I think his ceiling is probably wide receiver two, but I think that's, for, you think that, I think that's really pushing it, but I think he's going to finish as a wide receiver three this year. Yeah, they, they got him as a replacement for what Tyreek Hill was for them, and that's a field stretcher. The difference between the two is quite obvious, though, and that's that Tyreek Hill is actually freaking awesome and elite. MVS is not. He's speedy. They'll they'll get him the ball. He'll 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 be a boom or bust receiver on a week to week basis. You're just gonna have to uh, pick the best weeks when he's gonna put up a lot of points and touchdowns. Um, and you'll have to look in the de- into the defenses of the other teams that they're playing those those weeks and and how weak they are in the secondary. So, um, I I do like his value because he's still going really, really late. Yeah. Um, Travis Kelsey's probably my pick to be the tight end one this year. Yeah. In dynasty. I think he's a lock to be top five. Uh, I Definitely. Think, but I think he's, I think he's, I think he's going to end up being the leader in points. So brace yourselves yeah. for that. Yeah. Hey, and just last thing on Mahomes, this is the year that he proves every single doubter wrong. Th- this is where you find out that Patrick Mahomes makes the receivers, Patrick Mahomes yes. and Andy Reed. And, and make the Chiefs. Just, they will you'll be see fine. They're going to be fine. 
Um, the Raiders. Oh man, this, these are just jam packed with interesting dynasty teams, fantasy teams. Um, Derek Carr. Ooh, you think he's a low end QB one here? Finally. Yep. All right, I'll roll with that. I think he's definitely got that ceiling. I think it's likely he finishes anywhere between quarterbacks thirteen to nine. Somewhere in there. I think that's his most likely landing spot. Yep. Um, running back wise, I think Josh Jacobs will be running back too, probably. Uh, I think in the wide receiver room, Devontae Adams, I do still think he'll be a low end wide receiver one this year. Maybe mid. I mean, I think I think he's gonna get a ton of targets. He is very dominant. Oh yeah. He's still commanding targets. He's not slowing down. Look for him to have a big year yeah. as well. No um, in, no injury history of late. Like he's yeah, he's not going down. Um Renfro low in wide receiver two high in wide receiver three probably yeah i don't see him getting much higher yeah than if that, though if uh, there. yeah though if he does any better than that and if waller is back to his old self now that he's back this year i i would be still a little bit concerned about Devonte adams fantasy production yeah. not his impact on the field but sure. just again how just so concentrated um, though with with right, adams and renfro and right like is, is yeah is he going to get a 33 percent target share like he did in green bay in in the crowd does, Vegas man. room, if he, oh if he gets thirty three percent target share again in Vegas, oh my gosh, we'll see. I mean, if Waller's hurt, that's possible. And yep. Waller is still banged up right now, but with yeah. Darren Waller, I think he's probably going to be a tight end one pretty safely this season. He obviously has tight end top five tight end upside, elite upside. Yeah, so we'll have to see if he stays healthy this year. Um, and with the Chargers, let's move on to them. I oh yeah, no, I covered over with the Raiders. Uh, with the Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert's my pick personally to be the QB one overall this year. I think he takes a st- another step. He's also my pick for MVP. So, and I'm slightly biased because he's my favorite player, but I really do think he's going to take a step up, and he you're going to see some elite football play out of Justin Herbert this year. Uh, I think he's locked to be a QB one. I think he's locked to be a top six QB. Yeah, I'm not going to fight against that at all. Yeah, their their weapons are they're just, just too stacked. And I don't think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both repeat as as wide receiver ones. I think Mike Mike Williams gets up there again. I think Keenan Allen is this is the year he maybe takes a step back and enters the wide receiver two range. So I'm yeah, going to say he's still impactful as an NFL receiver, but in production he's going to go down a bit. I don't see any of those. Maybe Josh Palmer becomes flexible, but that would be it. I mean, wide receiver three four range, obviously with him. Um, and then, you know, with Eckler, Eckler's going to be an RB1 this year. Yeah. Pretty pretty, pretty safely. Eckler is a big reason for why Herbert can be such an elite um, quarterback right now in, in his early years as, as a still developing quarterback. Like, he just, Eckler provides that presence in in the in the shallow routes and in the red zone, getting those easy touchdown passes where he can make make things happen after the catch. He's yep. amazing. And um, I don't think Isaiah Spiller will be relevant this year. And as far as tight ends, I would expect Gerald Everett to be the most fantasy relevant tight end there. And I would think he's probably going to be a low end tight end too. Maybe, yep. maybe ceiling mid tight end too. But um, it would be interesting to see next year if they actually get like a, an actual elite tight end in there because that would be crazy. Uh, last but not least... It is Broncos country, and so let's we must say ride. let's ride. Yeah, it's it's uh, Russell Wilson's first year there, and I think I expect Russell Wilson to be a QB one again if he plays and 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 if he's healthy. Yeah, it, he should be. It's not even a question. Have you ever pulled up his? Have you ever pulled up his production on Sleeper? He's consistently a quarterback one every single year. With him missing as many games as he did this past season, he was still quarterback 18. That was a mid-quarterback two 
in just total points scored on a points per game basis. He was obviously a quarterback one. He He's not going down, especially with these new and improved weapons. He doesn't have DK or Lockett anymore. Now, now he just has Judy and Cortland Sutton and well, not Tim Patrick anymore, but KJ Hamler. And then he's got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in the backfield who can, who, who are very good pass catchers. Yeah. And, and you know, with Javante, Probably a probably an RB one this year. Melvin yeah. Gordon probably an R, low end RB two, high end RB three. Um, with the receivers, I don't think they have any wide receiver ones this year. I think Jerry Judy's obviously got high end wide receiver two ceiling, but Cortland Sutton does too. I think this is the year we're gonna. It'll be really interesting to see how that receiver room shakes out. And outside of that, I don't really see any of the other guys, you know, making it into yeah. being actually like flexible. So, uh, Alberto. Tight <laughs> Alberto probably is going to be tight end 15 or 16 this year. Like that's and yep. but then Greg Dulce is going to beat him out. Like that's what we said. And so, you know, definitely back upable in, in um, a one tight end league tight end premium. And then um, have we missed anybody? No, that, that about wraps it up for all of our uh, oh, man, that predictions was, there. Now it was now, rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to pick it up there. We went a little bit over time, but just one last fun thing that I kind of want to do. Um, Avery, I want to hear your picks for the divisional winners and then what the playoff bracket's going to look like here on the AFC side. And all right. I'll give you my, my take. Um, division winners, AFC South, I'll take the Colts. Uh, and the AFC North, give me the Ravens. Uh, in the AFC East, this is off the top of my head, so don't hold this against me. AFC East, I'll take the Bills pretty easily. AFC West, whoo. I'll still take the Chiefs in the AFC West. Well, I want to hear yours. Yeah, that's annoying. AFC South, Colts, AFC North. I've got to go Ravens. I just have to go with the experience. I have to go with the elite, in my opinion, currently better quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And then AFC East, Bills, not even a question. AFC West, the Chiefs are going to they're going to keep that streak alive. They're going to win their seventh straight division. We sound title. like we, we really do sound like we live in a bubble. Right yeah, now. I know it's, it's pretty bad, but Hey, this our our wild cards could change here. So How many wild cards are there three wild cards, three wild cards. Yeah. Um, my, my picks are going to be the chargers. Yes. The Raiders. Yes. And the Bengals. Man, the AFC is loaded. Yeah, but I i mean, I think... This, no, you're right. I think, I think, the I think Steelers, those are the three most obvious yeah, ones. The Steelers will have a 500 or just over Titans, 500 record. The Titans take a step back. Titans take a step back. Steelers are going to... So you think, And you think the Patriots miss the playoffs? I think that, yeah, I think the it's Patriots... It's going to be tight. I think it's just... I think they're going to be good, but I think it's going to be tight. I truly think the Patriots take a step back Interesting. this season. Right. I, I really think they do. They've, they've done nothing but lose more players. And more importantly, in my opinion, they've lost Josh, Josh McDaniels. No matter your opinion on Belichick and Josh McDaniels and and who is really doing all, who really has the power there. I, I mean, we've seen the Patriots have success without McDaniels before when he took the head coaching job in Den- Denver 10 over a decade ago. But still, that that's a big hit, especially when you don't have Brady there. You have a developing quarterback still in Mac Jones. Yeah, they're a dark horse still. Steelers are another dark ho- dark horse. Yeah, and I don't the see Titans. With the Steelers. I think the one, I think the Pats and the Titans are the two that I'd be like, yeah. I don't see the Dolphins making the cut, but we'll see we'll see about that one too. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, this was all really, really. I'm I'm not kidding. 
We did not talk about this before. This was off the top of our head. So please don't hold it against us. But we obviously want to know what you think. So let us know uh, either in the comment section. You can go on our YouTube. You can go on Twitter and tweet at us and, and slander us. Or if you're obviously you're in a league with us, you're talking to us, you know, weekly anyways. You can get in the chat and tell us what you think and where we're wrong, where we're right, etc. So uh, we appreciate you listening. There are a lot of things going on right now. Uh, the website is down. If you have tried to get on the website, it's not working for some people. So I'm working on getting that fixed this week or sooner. Uh, we do have YouTube Shorts still coming out on our YouTube page. Go follow us at Dynasty Domain. Make sure you subscribe. We've got some good stuff coming out. We'll release some new shorts this week as well. Uh, leagues are starting to wrap up, so if you want to get in one, make sure uh, you get in contact with us on Twitter. We'll get you in a league. We are just creating our last ones at this point. Uh, but the NFL season is coming. and So close. And we are bummed. We're going to have it all here for you, content-wise, as we get closer to the season. As always, we appreciate you listening. This has been Dynasty Domain. Mm-hmm.